Given the immense media attention surrounding the coronavirus pandemic, other health issues may not be getting the widespread attention they deserve. One such issue affecting women is the combined risk of heart disease and diabetes or cardiometabolic disease. So let's learn more with Dr. Linda Gaudiani, Medical Director at Marin Health Braden Diabetes Center, and Anita Zaidi, Cardiologist at Marin Health Cardiovascular Medicine. This is the Healing Podcast from Marin Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Anita and Linda, thank you so much for your time. Anita, let's start here. What is exactly cardiometabolic disease and why is this such a concern for women? Thank you for having us and thank you for this question. Cardiometabolic disease actually refers to a combination of diseases that actually affects both the heart and vascular system, such as heart attack and peripheral vascular disease in combination with the endocrine disorders of diabetes and metabolic syndrome. We know that heart disease remains the leading cause of death for women in the United States. And unfortunately, cardiometabolic diseases and its complications account for about 50% of deaths in U.S. women. So that's an outstanding number. And it's an unfortunate number that we need to improve on. We also know that Women are affected differently by cardiometabolic diseases than men, and it's important for women to know that. For instance, the symptoms of a heart attack are not the same in women than in men. Women often don't experience that crushing chest pain, that pain radiating to their jaw. Sometimes they just feel like they have the flu or they're short of breath. And we also know that women who are diabetic are more likely to develop heart disease than men. So it's important that women know what cardiometabolic disease is, and that it affects them very differently than their male counterparts. Well, it's good that we're having a discussion about this now. So, Linda, what are the leading risk factors for heart disease and or cardiometabolic disease in women? Well, you know, the classic risk factors for heart disease are really not that different in women than in men. They include smoking, hypertension, high cholesterol, family history, certainly history of a prior event. Increasingly, we talk about stress. And I think that we've looked at that for men and for women in the past. But additionally, when we look at the metabolic side of this, obesity and diabetes, then women come into focus differently. And they are at risk from an earlier age. And it's interesting what Anita was saying about heart disease being the leading cause of death for one in three American women. If we look overall at heart disease in this country, it has been declining happily for the past four years, but not in younger women. It has been sort of plateaued in our young and middle-aged women for the past 20 years. And so we have to look at what are the other factors, even though we are trying to treat the hypertension and the cholesterol and the smoking, the kidney disease, what are the other factors that have actually been going up that might be causing an increased and sort of hidden risk to our women? I think that's what Anita and I have been very interested in looking at those statistics and those factors. If you add in diabetes, that really changes the picture. And Linda, why do you think diabetes is so often overlooked when it comes to women? I think there are so many reasons. Diabetes occurs in a spectrum over the lifespan. It doesn't start out one day as diabetes. 
as other diseases can come on rather suddenly. Diabetes for most patients comes on over a lifetime. And the risk factors for diabetes start earlier in the female population. Women have glucose intolerance associated with gestational pregnancies. Gestational diabetes is the most common endocrine disorder. Women have very commonly polycystic ovarian syndrome, which can occur in as many as one to every nine or 10 women and be associated with obesity, high lipids or high cholesterol and abnormal lipids and insulin resistance syndromes, including prediabetes and diabetes. Women have hormonal fluctuations throughout their lifespan having to do with their puberty, their pregnancy, lactation, contraceptives, peri and postmenopause, and then the hormonal changes of older women. And that leads to various risk factors for insulin resistance. We know that diabetes causes a vasculitis an inflammation of blood vessels, leakage of proteins, and other inflammatory agents that predispose to the kind of heart disease that Anita sees. Stroke and heart attack may be the end point, but in our diabetic patients, we also see microvascular disease that affects the eyes and affects the kidneys and affects the nerves. So this whole picture evolves around our hormonal fluctuations and our increased propensity to weight fluctuations and obesity that are associated with those hormonal fluctuations. And Anita, your thoughts on the impact of diabetes in women? We actually consider diabetes a cardiovascular risk equivalent, that if somebody is diabetic, we treat them as if they already have coronary artery disease. That's how much of an impact it has on their heart health. So I can't stress enough what Linda was talking about, about diabetes control and how diabetes affects the entire body and how much of a risk factor it is for cardiovascular disease. And we diabetologists in turn, just to emphasize Anita's point, we look at the cardiovascular risks in our diabetics the same way. We don't just treat the blood sugars when we treat our diabetes. We make sure that our patients are also working with their cardiovascular risks and their cardiovascular parameters. And we almost always, from my practice, have cardiology involved to help us monitor blood pressure, monitor cholesterol, monitor lifestyles, and change the factors that we know affect the outcomes. We really are seeing these two coalesce, especially in our women patients, I think because of the hormonal fluctuations, the hormonal exposures, and the significant difference women have in terms of weight fluctuation. So now that we're learning more about this and the specific risks for women, Anita, are researchers placing new focus on cardiometabolic disease in women? Yes, there are studies on every single aspect of it, you know, the American Heart Association, the American College of Cardiology, the American Diabetic Association all have trials looking at various aspects from how fat distributes throughout the body and how that affects both diabetes and coronary disease to exercise and its effect on cardiometabolic health and also the effect of menopause on cardiometabolic health, just to name a few of some of the studies that are out there. 
and both the American Heart Association and American Diabetic Association are partnering together to work with patients who have type 2 diabetes and are at risk for coronary and heart disease. And they actually, if you go to the American Heart Association website, there is a new tool there for individuals with type 2 diabetes to help them navigate their risk factors for coronary disease. I want to add there are a number of new classes of drugs that actually are indicated in type 2 diabetes, but with special emphasis on improvements that they're likely to make in cardiovascular outcomes. So now when new drugs are coming out in trials, the clinical research that we do in our practice, it's not enough anymore for an agent just to show that it lowers blood sugar. It must show that it does it without cardiovascular harm. All of these drugs now have to undergo five-year cardiovascular safety testing. And in many cases, we're finding that certain diabetic drugs actually have a markedly beneficial effect on cardiovascular issues such as heart failure, which Anita is a super specialist in, and kidney disease. So the awareness about both cardiac and diabetes together is really where we're going to be increasingly focused, and especially for Anita and I on our women patients. So Anita, this is important. Moving forward, how can women address the risks of developing cardiometabolic disease? Sure. Some of the the things that they can do at home are eating a heart-healthy diet, a diet low in saturated fats and carbohydrates, stopping smoking, regular exercise, and maintaining a healthy weight, but also seeing their doctor to make sure that their other risk factors are treated or even discovered. A lot of people don't realize that they do have hypertension or high cholesterol, or maybe they are pre-diabetic and they haven't seen a doctor in a number of years. And it's very important to see your doctor. Are you at risk for developing diabetes? Are you at risk for cardiovascular disease? And start working on it before you develop it. So start working on it before you develop it. Really good advice, Anita. So Linda, speaking of that, working on it before you develop it, are there resources available for women to learn more? We're lucky that we have increasing resources. I I would say not enough, but the good news is that we're learning that a lot of cardiovascular disease and diabetes can not only be treated, but can be reversed in part, at least, if not all. In some cases, it can be actually completely reversed. So it's very important that, as Anita said, that we have rigorous education so patients can be aware that we have rigorous screening and monitoring, that we follow evidence-based lifestyle recommendations around this exercise and diet as we do at the cardiovascular health practice, at my practice in endocrinology and at the Braden Diabetes Center where we have a very large focus now on a diabetes prevention program that lasts an entire year and meets with patients to help them change lifestyles, encourages exercise, really gives intensive medical nutritional therapy and psychological support. Because Bill, I think we're realizing, and COVID only places this in even greater focus, that stress is probably a very significant factor in all of our lives and health, but certainly in the development of cardiometabolic disease. And maybe women, I don't know if we have more stress, but I think we have unique stresses. Women are now managing careers as well as traditional family roles. They often report they don't have enough time to exercise, to meditate, to recreate. Some of them are single parenting. 
Some of them in their middle years are not only taking care of children and work, but they're taking care of older parents and assisting with grandchildren. And I think they sometimes self-medicate with alcohol, with sedatives, with agents for insomnia that perhaps are getting in the way of their ability to exercise and feel well. So we at Marin Healthcare Center, we really have increased mental health resources as well as our cardiometabolic. And we're very, very excited at the Braden Center to be extending both our diabetes, our cardiometabolic education, and our health resources. And someday, some of us envision actually a cardiometabolic center in Marin. That's kind of a dream that I think will come true because the same kinds of messages and supports that Anita and the other cardiologists are giving are what we diabetologists and endocrinologists and, of course, the primary care doctors on the front line are also giving. And so we're dreaming and planning and scheming for that to be the next development. Well, we will hope for that as well. This has really been informative and eye-opening. Linda and Anita, thank you both so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Bill. That's Dr. Linda Gaudiani and Dr. Anita Zaidi. And for more information, please visit mymarinhealth.org. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is The Healing Podcast brought to you by Marin Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.